All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's your buddy Gavin, filibuster freestyle. It is September 21st. Patriots, Seahawks played a pretty classic Sunday night football game last night out in Seattle. Week two, the Seahawks did prevail by five. Patriots had a chance to score from, I think, the one or the two-yard line as time was going to expire in the fourth quarter. Seattle did step up defensively. They did stop the Patriots from scoring. They get the win. They move to 2-0, the Seahawks again. Move to 2-0. and The Patriots fall to 1-1. One and one. But the Patriots threw the ball a ton. Cam Newton, I believe, flirted with a 400-yard passing day. And to talk about it, we're turning to one of the original sports jerks, including myself and Andrew Patterson. But we're talking about Jeremy Johnson from Man Cook Good. Also, knows a thing or two about sports. And he's actually at work in the truck. So this is a Jeremy from the truck. It's a sports jerk's. Combination, collaboration, whatever you want to do. No theme song. I'm going to dial up JJ right now. We'll get right down to Patriots, Seahawks, business on the Filibuster Freestyle Sports Jerks Edition from filibusterfreestyle.com. Ladies and gents, as promised, from the truck. First time truck in a long time. JJ, Jeremy Johnson joins us from somewhere in the greater Los Angeles vicinity. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing. JJ, where are you? I'm on the famous uh, 405 South. Uh, crossing through uh, right near Crenshaw Boulevard in Torrance on my way down to Orange County. Couldn't be in a better place on a Monday. Or maybe you it's could. not bad. That's you know, with everybody working from home and 20% unemployment, driving the freeways of L.A. County has been a, a dream for the most part. Well, you know, silver linings, right? A little bit. Which is a good way to, to focus on the fact that the Patriots... They lost the game ultimately last night on a goal line stand by the Seahawks, but I think if you're a Patriots fan two weeks in, you can take a lot of silver linings, if not more, from what you've seen thus far. Is that a fair assessment? Great loss, if such a thing exists. Correct. And for the Patriots, I think, uh, with hindsight being 2020, two losses come to mind that set up um, the team for late season success by showing what they're made of. Yeah. And um, one is the uh, the famous loss to the Rams in 2001 yep. in the regular season. Yep. Where, you know, you saw that and you're like, oh, wow. You know, like, we can actually play with these guys. They can compete. Yep. And the loss, the blowout loss to the, um, the Chiefs uh, like four or five years ago where um, the Patriots were getting their butts kicked and they fought – through the, the full 60 minutes, and Belichick said after the game, normally he's, you know, really difficult to talk to after the game. But after that game, he's like, hey, you know, I really like the way this this team, what they showed. And then in, the, you know, postmortems on the season after we ended up winning the Super Bowl, he pointed to that game as a game where he learned that that team had the fight in them to compete at the highest level. Right. I think that was a famous— Because of the way they responded— yeah, and that was the that was the so, famous uh, we're on to Cincinnati game. Yes, I believe it was. Yeah, um, yeah. so that's great. And here we are looking at a team where they had no preseason games. They had a wholesale change at the most important position on the field, and um, they've got question marks all over. They lost a bunch of their strength players in the uh, linebacker core and pass rush. And we were all kind of just saying, I don't know. I mean, yeah, we beat Miami and we did it in, a, in an interesting and new way. But what happens if this? What happens if that? What happens if there's a shootout? What happens if we're behind? I want to see Cam do a two-minute drill. Like, there's all these, like, 
benchmarks where you're like, well, I mean, can we do this, that, and the other thing? Because that's what wins playoff games. Right. And we got all those boxes checked last night. We got about 36 inches away from a comeback victory. And um, I think you feel pretty good about yourself if you're a Patriot fan right now. Absolutely, because we'll talk about him first. But not every team out there has a Russell Wilson to counter the efforts from Cam Newton, which we'll get into later. But let's start with Russell Wilson, who through two weeks, I think he's had nine touchdown passes in his first two weeks, which besides Patrick Mahomes last year has never been done before. Um, the the four, four of the five touchdown passes he threw, I thought he put in a place that no, pretty much no other quarterback maybe besides Mahomes could. And he had to throw it to P.K. Metcalf, who is also kind of a singular talent. But not every team's got Russ, which means the Patriots put that kind of effort out there most weeks. They got a better-than-average chance to win the game because it took a great effort from Seattle's offense to get the W last night. Russ is unbelievable. I think moment-to-moment, we always want to say, like, this is the best guy, that's the best guy. Like, let's just say 1-1-B, and we know who they are. Um, the league is in great hands going forward with those guys as your ambassadors, yep. uh, as your as your new Manning Brady in terms of like the argument over who's the best. Um, Wilson, like his pass to Moore down the sideline, holy cow! The forty yard touchdown. I was sitting on a couch as a Patriots fan, and it, as he wound up to let go of that ball, by the time the ball landed in the receiver's hands. I was standing. I mean, I just found myself on my feet. I, I'm like, oh, how'd this happen? He brought me to my feet without my permission. Right. It was such a beautiful <laughs> ball. It was an, he throws the most beautiful deep ball. The thing goes so high in the air. If they played in Tampa Bay, it would hit the, the you know ceiling of the stadium. And right. it just drops right in the basket of the guy. He's so smart. He never gets hit. He's the prototype of the quarterback of what this league needs, the guys that extend the play with their feet. They never get hit directly. They they throw the ball like just beautiful passes, really accurate downfield. And, I mean, he – to be able to almost win that game when he was dealing five yeah. touchdowns and all of them were, were beautiful. Yeah, and, and not to mention that, you know, you think to yourself – you got a specimen like P.K. Metcalf. He only had four catches last night. The problem was they were four gashers, right? I mean, they were just – they basically were all touchdowns but or deep gains. But, you know, you got a guy who's a specimen in Metcalf who makes it even harder to prepare for a guy like Russell because you can't, you can't leave Russell alone. He'll kill you with his legs or his arm or however he wants. And a guy like Metcalf, unless you have a Stephon Gilmore, and he didn't even, you know, have a great night last night on him, you can't go solo coverage either on Metcalf. Yeah, yeah. And that leaves, you know, these Jags like Swain and Moore open. Um, and right. then, of course, Lockett's going to do his work. Um, you know he, who he reminds me of is uh, Terrell Owens. Yeah, good call. Um, he's he's up. He's a big MF-er. Um, you think about, like, to be that fast – Collinsworth had a, had a real got all lathered up about him last night, especially when they were showing him with the shirt off. But <laughs> he's 6'3", 220, starts and stops on a dime. He runs like the wind. Uh, man, I'd love to have a guy like that on our team, I'll tell you that. 
But he, uh, you know, I think Gilmore did a good job of them. Even the, the play where he got beat on the touchdown, like he, he had his hand in the in the basket. He didn't. He, he wasn't in enough of a position to turn his head. They might have called a PI on. Yeah, him honestly, it was probably going to be. It, it was probably going to be a PI anyway. So you might as well take take it. You know. Um, but you're right. I mean, it was a great move. It was a great route. Gilmore did an, I think almost any other receiver in the league, Gilmore probably closes that, you know? Um, and, and really, because any other quarterback in the league, maybe besides Mahomes, and that ball's not getting dropped in the basket, to your point. Yeah, exactly. And, like, you know, to the, to the this is a good loss and show us what the team is all about, I loved seeing Gilmore being pushed like that and yeah. to see him pushing back and – to have him like get into like a, he's yeah, like fight. he's got a target on him now because of the award he won last year and all the accolades he's got. And these number one receivers are taking it personally to go out there and try and beat the best, yep. the consensus best DB in the league. And Gilmore's out there and he's he's kind of like a he's a mellow he's a mellow athlete. He's more of like a yeah I know what you're doing. I'm, I'm, he's always looks like he's going like eighty five percent. He never looks like he's scrambling that hard because he's so smart right. that he doesn't have to scramble. So it's not as visually impressive as it might be if, like, he was out of position. The old Trot Nixon versus J.D. Drew, you know, comparison. Like, Trot looked like he was playing harder, but that's because he, you know, wasn't in the right position to start with. Right. But, like, you know, then you see him go up against a guy like that on the other side of the country and get punched in the mouth a few times and still manage to do a pretty good job. You know, he's like, a fingertip away from knocking that touchdown down on the ground and maybe getting called for the PI, maybe not. Right. But Nick Cap only had four catches. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a lot of balls thrown in that game, and he only had four catches. Correct. Which means they made, you know, they made Russell beat them other ways for the most part. And, and you get to your point, he did because he's Russell Wilson. And um, the best, the best com- way to combat that is obviously to have an offense that's prolific, and we're about to get into that. But I would say this. You only see the Seahawks once every four years unless you play them in the Super Bowl. And so the Patriots just went toe-to-toe with a team that they might see again if both teams find a way to make the Super Bowl. And I think we would all take that because it was a hell of a game. And every time those two teams go against each other, it's a hell of a game. You know, I, I got nothing but respect for that franchise as a whole. And... It's a great measuring stick yeah. to see where you land because that's that's a real prideful group. They play hard. They don't make a lot of mistakes. They've got great talent all over the field, and um, you know it was. It's just nice to see the fight and the pride of yeah. the New England Patriots. They're not walking into the season like, well, we lost Tom. You know what are we gonna do? Like these guys, are like, hey, we're. We're at that level already, and now we've got a guy that we feel good about at quarterback, too. Like, we're not going out like that. Right. Let's talk about Cam Newton. You, you said this to me in a text earlier today. Cam Newton is the perfect replacement for Tom Brady. I'd love to get your thoughts on that with a cold open. Here's a great little exercise on that that I've been, I've been turning over in my mouth for the past few days. Tom's like, an, he's an icon. He's more than a quarterback at this point. He's, a, he's an icon, and icons can be kind of weird. I'd, I'd say Tom is like David Bowie, all right? Yes. Incredibly talented. You don't really know what to do with the guy, though. Like, he's got the pseudoscience angle. He's living in the, you know, the, the Monaco life, but he's, you know, in the suburbs of Boston. He's got the supermodel wife. He's got the business. He's got the, he's kind of like a Tony Robbins. 
Right. But you can't deny the results. Right. He's won six Super Bowls, been denied. Can't, can't deny it. And so you bring in a guy that that is a good comp to him, and it's a big shadow to walk into. But there's a lot of other icons out there in the world. And I've been trying to find the Tom Brady is David Bowie and Cam Newton is dot, dot, dot um, comparison. And I think there's there's two ways to go. The one is the easy way and try and find like a, a, a rap um, icon or a, uh, you know, like Jimi Hendrix, I think, is the, is the cheap response and also not even accurate. I think it's Garth Brooks. Okay. Give it to me. I love it. Country. Cam is country. He's from, you know, he's from Atlanta. He's got a lot of country in him. He's a big SOB. He's got a huge presence. He He's like, he draws the crowds and he gives the performances, but it's country. It's not like, it's not rock and roll. It's not Bowie. It's not Ziggy Sardust. It's not Bowie. Which is okay, because honestly, I, I can't name, you know, the Bowie. Bowie's funny not to turn this into a music podcast because... There's like six, six, seven songs out there that I didn't know were Bowie until years after knowing the songs existed. But with Garth Brooks, I mean, again, I'm not a big country guy, but you can't tell me there's not a karaoke bar in the world where Low Places isn't on every night, you know? Because it's fun, and it's good, and it's catchy, and it will last beyond, you know, the memory makes you smile, right? You know what you're going to get? Cam may not be the greatest of all time, or may never even end up in that conversation, but he's going to pack arenas and stadiums over and over. He's going to sell a billion records. And he's going to do what he does really well, and he's going to do it while being massive. Yes, there he is. I mean, the other idea I was thinking is maybe Dr. Dre, because he's so much more than just a, a rapper at this point, like a mogul, a producer. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. What I mean, he's you, a billionaire, really. But. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, Beats, exactly. Like, you know, he sold Beats with Jimmy Iovine. Right, so Dre's a billionaire, you know. I think Cam, and I said this to Roscoe P. last night, I think, going in to the game, and he showed me even more last night in the passing game. But, you know, 2015 Cam, and I had the absolute pleasure to watch him for four or five years in a row when I lived in Charlotte and he played there. People keep talking about 2015 Cam. 2018 Cam, before the Steelers game on Thursday Night Football when he got hurt, was basically about to be 2015 Cam again. They were like 6-1, and one, and then they didn't win a game the rest of the year. And he played hurt the rest of the year, and then last year, obviously, he was hurt the whole year. If he, 2015 was not an aberration. I don't know that he'll ever get back to that, but he, he can get very close to that, and that's a problem for a lot of teams in the AFC. He, he's... Certainly showed that he still got it last night. He threw some serious balls downfield. He put even actually too much mustard on a couple of them. Yep. He dropped some in some spots. Where I'm, I'm, you know, I'm yelling to nobody in particular. That's a great pass, you know. <laughs> Just putting it in the window downfield, dropping it in. He still got the heat. Still got the long ball. He's always got that threat of taking off and running. You know, the Patriots are they're figuring out what they've got, and they're starting to show people some some tape on what they're going to do. Right. We can we can talk about what they should have done on the last play. That what matter. they should have done on the last play. But I don't really care. I mean, I personally, I I wish that they hadn't had to go to that um, fullback gadget play earlier, earlier in the right, game. Right, right, right. Because that was the play. That was it. 
at the end of the day, they only have so many plays installed with their new quarterback. Now you can't go back 20 years and say let's let's do, do the, the one from 2006, right? Let's do the one from exactly. 2013, right? Also, the third quarter against the Titans, and you know, 15 years ago, right. let's do that one. But this guy instead of that, you know, yeah. And two point two points on that too, and they did have to use that gadget play. And even though he probably was in on that touchdown that was called down at the inch line, whatever, they didn't want to waste the challenge, no problem. You know, they first of all, they showed the gadget play because James White, unfortunately, had his parents get into a car accident yesterday, and his father passed away, which is terrible news, and we feel very sorry for his loss. But that happened, like, minutes before the game. So there was probably a whole wrinkle in the game plan involving big game James White that they couldn't even go to. And the problem with Sony Michelle is if he's in the game, they're running because he can't catch. So... It's a great point. So, so again, not making excuses. They lost fair and square, but they played a spirited game, and it was fantastic. And also, the Patriots showed nothing, basically, that they ran yesterday when they played the Dolphins last week. And that's the beauty of having Cam, is you could have two or three or four different game plans, and you could do that with the Patriots, but it was dependent upon who else was available to Brady and what the other team was doing. Now you have the added wrinkle of Cam can stand back there and rip it, or Cam can be a six foot five behemoth running for 30 yards at a time. Pick your gosh darn poison, which is exactly what you need in 2020 to win against or compete against the Chiefs, the Seahawks, the Ravens. Completely different way to get back in the game, too, than we're used to seeing. Right. You're going downfield to Edelman. I mean, just really like like broken plays where, where Newton is moving. Like, we're. It's yeah. not this like uh, sleight of hand that Brady pulls, where everything is is predicated on like the the hip movement of one DB downfield and everybody reading that. Right. I love how uh, Cam is like he's shepherding these young receivers along. Yep. He's not like, oh, this guy, I'm not throwing him the ball again for a month. Yeah, like he he broke the wrong way. Uh, you know, he defended Harry on the the goal line fumble last week. Right, and. He went, I mean, Henry had, like, Harry, rather, he had, he had uh, eight catches, I believe. Yeah, he had a good game. He had, he, had a, he had his first real game, in my opinion. Yep, totally. Um, and, you know, Jacoby Myers got involved, and this uh, Bird kid got involved. Yeah, Bird was, a, Bird was like a superstar. And I'll tell you what, the Edelman thing, Edelman can now go down. Because now everybody, everybody said that Edelman never goes deep. There was some off comment last night by Collinsworth, and then he got beat. Evans or whatever his name is, 33, the guy who's in the Jets. I forget his last name now. He got beat. It's not Evans. He got beat deep, and, and Collinsworth said he never goes deep. Now he's going deep. The room for error and the room for interpretation and the room for ad-libbing, it just all plays into the Patriot way's favor of, you know, to your point, with Tom, it was, unless you got lucky, you had three and a half seconds or less to get the ball out, and, and it had to be all about, yeah, the right read, the right hit movement. How many people kill Belichick for not being able to draft a receiver? How many receivers' careers were ruined because Tom was like, I'm not throwing to that guy. Get him out of here. Yeah, or they just didn't have an opportunity to become like a punch and Judy, like slightly above just another guy level, like a, a Gibbons, for instance. Right, you know, right. Like, and in the beginning of his career, he, he was kind of forced to yeah, work with Yeah, he worked with those guys, exactly. And, you know, it's interesting seeing Jules go down the middle of the field like that because that seam route is what we traditionally reserved for the tight, tight end position. Right, but you need a tight end to protect Brady, and yeah, it changes everything, man. 
And now, like, Jules is going down the middle because you need that with that cover three. You need to be able to go down and split the seams. And there's another, to your point about James White, that the James White uh, player is the, the kryptonite to the way the Seahawks play defense. Yes. They, Burkhead tried to impersonate him a couple times, and, you know, he had at least one good play, but Burkhead's not, James, not James, White. James White. Right, exactly. He's not James White. And that's the kind of thing where, like, you know, flat, fast forward ahead, our best-case our best case scenario, we're in a Super Bowl game against the Seahawks, and James White is there. And after the game, everybody's talking about how what a difference maker he was, how he wasn't there last time. Yeah. Uh, and this play and that play and the other play. Because the way they play defense, they play that cover three, there's, there's seams open, and there's a lot of room underneath for players of James' caliber to hey, take off and go with I, it. I'll put it this way for you. I, I forgot about this until right now, but I'm going to reference a, a mutual former colleague of ours, Carabelle Pedio, I was over in Charlotte. She used to live right near the Charlotte Panthers, the Carolina Panthers Stadium. And in 2015, 2016 proper, but the 2015 season, the Seahawks came to Carolina to visit for the NFC title. Cam and his crew on all cylinders, same exact defense, Legion of Boom, in fact, same style. Cam had it over by halftime. Cam had the game over by halftime. Cam Newton with the right personnel against that type of, you know what they're going to do, they know what you're going to do, mano a mano, cover three football. Cam at his best tears the crap out of that defense. I saw it with my own eyes, right? The guy, I mean, he nearly cracked 400 yards Yeah, uh, passing. I mean, he had one bad pick, and it wasn't even that bad. It was a bang-bang play. And the Pats obviously had a great look-at-what-I-found moment from McCourty to start the game from Wilson. So those kind of canceled out. They both scored touchdowns on those drives. It was a great game, man. It was a great game. I'm psyched. I'm psyched. Great national game for everybody to watch, too, because everybody in the country is thinking, you know, what, what the Patriots can do without Tom Brady. And, um, you know, it, we all got to watch Russell Wilson. We don't get to watch him enough because he's up there on the moon in Seattle. <laughs> right, exactly. And you get to go watch these two teams go out there and play some some men's league football, man. That was some some big boy. Let's get after it. They didn't care that they, they, the interesting thing that I'm saying I'm seeing also with the better teams yeah. without the crowd noise yeah. is they're getting themselves pumped up. They're yeah. finding ways to get overly amped. Because the crowd isn't doing it for yeah, them. And you the, can see them on the sideline doing it. And you can see them in the game. Like, they are talking themselves into a frenzy. Yeah, and that's actually been been one of the coolest things about the NBA bubble, too, is the players are now the, cheer, the cheering section. And so it's just fun to watch guys who get paid millions of dollars, like, get into playoff level or last night football national game level intensity without the benefit of 70,000 screaming fans. Yeah, yeah, and, they, and it shows that they... They can they, do that, and I think that the teams that do it well are going to look back on this as a, a way that these players, like, I got better because I had to do that. I got yeah. our team, our unit, our position grouping got better because we had to learn to get ourselves fired up enough without relying on the fans and the crowd noise to do it for us. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So You're doing it for the pride. You're doing it for your own personal pride and professionalism. You're not doing it because you're just being awash with like hundreds of decibels of like frenzy. Right. Yeah. You're, like you said, you're finding a way. You're motivating yourself. You're motivating your teammates. And uh, yeah, I, I, I thought last night's game 
had a lot more energy than the Patriots' first game against the Dolphins. And again, one was a noon kickoff, one o'clock kickoff with no fans in the stands for the first time ever. And one was Sunday Night Football. And, and again, that's the difference, right? But the game plan the Patriots brought last night was also the A plan. And I loved it. And now you've seen... Basically, it yeah. was a playoff game. It, was it a felt playoff. like a playoff game. Absolutely. So I think it was great. Let me ask you this. You pointed, you pointed this out, too. And this is probably a good, a good last topic because we can talk about it for a bit if we want. What did we learn? What have we learned in the first two weeks that we didn't know two weeks ago? That's a great question. Um, you know, I think number one... The Eagles stink, and the Rams are better than we thought. I'll start there. All right. Um, Gronkowski's toast. Yep. And the Cardinals are legit. Can't argue with either of those. Can't what argue. What else you got? Let's see. Uh, they haven't played their second game yet. I was surprised the Raiders did as well as they did last week. I'm also surprised that um, – the Bills had as much trouble as they did with the Dolphins yesterday. I think the Bills aren't as good as I thought they were after week one. And I think the Dolphins will be frisky all year. Yes, the Bills are not as good as they've looked. And the Dolphins are not terrible. Uh, the Redskins' defense is okay. Sorry, I don't know who that is. Oh, sorry. The, uh, you know, Washington football team's defense oh, is okay. Oh, yes. Yes, they're okay. Yes, sorry, yes. Philip Rivers... <laughs> Still sucks. <laughs> Philip Rivers, though, finally yesterday did not play in a game <laughs> during the witching hour that was ending on the last play of the game, him throwing a pick. So good for him for that. But uh, yeah. The Vikings suck. How did that happen, by the way? I guess their window probably closed. They're already, like, just millions. It's an annual tradition that millions of Minnesota fans are, are sad and disappointed. And usually it takes a few more months than this. But if I'm a Vikings fan... I'm feeling pretty glum right now. Agreed. And guess who else is feeling pretty glum right now? The Detroit Lions fans, who were a dropped pass last week from being 1-0, got throttled by Aaron Rodgers yesterday, discount double-check, and now they're 0-2, and they stink too. I have a, uh, a group of uh, Michiganites that I'm, I'm close with, and I can confirm they're, they're just desolate right now. They're just so bummed out. And just broken. They're broken people. I want them pleading with the universe in my company. Why? Why us? Why not? Why not one? I just want to want more than one playoff win. That's all I want in my life. He's miserable. Probably deserve it. But the point <laughs> remains. I mean, what a trash fire they are. <laughs> and Patricia's going to be gone. Yep. And they're going to have to start over again. Yeah. And I just don't know. I just... It's just terrible, man. And I actually referenced our our now famous uh, 2001 uh, Beers and Vincents watching, rooting for the Cardinals. I mean, the Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks, yes. And I said, look, things can turn around. You know, there was this night. We yeah. were miserable. We said, why, why is this our life? Is it always going to be like this? I mean. And here we are 20 years later. We got more rings than, you know, Thanos. And uh, we got... Yeah, I mean, it's, We're it's, talking it's, about another one. we just celebrated the 19th anniversary of that night, essentially. Uh, it was definitely September 20, 2001 because it was at post 9-11. It was the World Series. And yeah, you and I celebrated like Luis Gonzalez was either our relative or we were lifelong Diamondbacks fans since 1999. Um, <laughs> and, and then we immediately like 
like checked ourselves. We're like, wow, we are losers. This is pathetic. We are losers. This is, we are pathetic losers. We're root for a team that's wearing purple and teal, you know? From 2,700 miles away from Worcester, Mass. And the best part is, besides that Vincent's is a, a little crown jewel in central New England. What a place. Um, the best part is, we, we didn't, didn't realize we were four months away, five months away from the Patriots and some guy named Tom Brady winning the Super Bowl. And that was 19 years ago, and that was awesome. So, yeah, it can happen. I don't know that it's going to happen for the Detroit Lions fans this year, but, hey, you never know. The fish rots from the head, and the Lions, it's not ever really the coach's fault or the quarterback's fault or the rookie running back's fault. It's their front office and their ownership group. Sure. And that is just never going to change. It's the Ford family, and, you know, there's Detroit as Motown. And their fans, they just keep buying Lions gear and showing up when they're allowed to. Yeah. Well, actually, keep going. Yeah, that brings up another, you know, why don't we do the whole entire NFC North? The Bears are the worst 2-0 team in the league, and somehow, you know, the Eagles and the Bears both screwed up because the Eagles should have just kept Nick Nick Foles uh, instead of giving Carson Wentz the bag, but... Uh, Trubisky now is 2-0 and and giving all kinds of fa- false hope with one-point wins in the teens. And somehow the Bears are 2-0. But more importantly than that, Aaron Rodgers is on an FU tour, and I think it's going to be a hell of a year for the Packers. Is this not the byline for the Chicago Bears? False hope. <laughs> I mean, listen, you could be like the Lions were last year and be like 3-0-1 th- and or whatever they were and then not win again another game. Or you could be the Bears, you know, and go two and zero, and that you know, it's just false hope. False hope for everybody in that division. If you're not the Packers, frankly, at the end Even of the day. Even when Rex Grossman went to the Super Bowl, it was false hope. Every, including the opening kickoff return. Right, Devin like, Hester. Oh, Devin wow, Hester ran it back. Seven nothing. Look at the Bears, and then no. You're right. Not. You're 100 percent right. Super Bowl 40, I think, or 40, whatever the hell it was, 41. Uh, or 37, who cares? Anyway. The NFC West is loaded. Loaded. You might um, see... F- Gardner Minshew doesn't know he's supposed to suck. No, he doesn't. NFC West is so good that the Niners, who had their whole team get injured yesterday, are probably going to come in last place in that league, that division, a year after going to the Super Bowl. I feel a lot better about our game against the Niners now that half their team is down. Correct. By the way, here's a hot take. Maybe we can end it on this unless you've got any, any other stuff, which is how about Brady getting out of Dodge before he had to face Jimmy G straight up? <laughs> yeah. As a Patriot, because yeah. he's obviously he's going to face him more in the NFC than he would in the AFC, but as a Patriot, that would have been wild. So, um, But, no, I think the last thing I would touch on is what did you make of the Chargers taking the Chiefs to overtime yesterday? I think that's great for um, the New England Patriots because – that gives them a bunch of tape on other ways you can disrupt Mahomes. Yeah. I think that the, the kid, whatever his name is, the new kid of San Diego who's still got acne. Herbert. Who, he's got Herbert. <laughs> he's got some dragon fire in his belly. He's out there looking. He looked. There was one play where he looked, and there's his check down, like wide open, first down right in front of him. All he's got to do is just take the check down, he'll scamper for six yards, get the first down, and the kid through. Uh, missile downfield that was incomplete. But, like, I just saw him, like, look up. He's like, nah. <laughs> like it. Hey, you know, they gave, they gave the Chiefs hell, and we'll see what comes of it. 
and I like that there's some more tape of the Chiefs scuffling um, out there for teams to take a look at because when Mahomes Mahomes in week one he was he was Neo right he he saw all everything was a little slower than it needed to be he could have had seven touchdowns but they were winning by so much that they slowed the game plan down sure there was no resistance they were completely ears pinned back doing whatever they want playing yeah. like on a difficulty level, one click lower than it should be. And um, last week they got tested, and we'll see. You know, we get to find out what comes of that. Yeah, and you do have to – one of the toughest things you can deal with in the NFL is de- defending that championship. Everybody, Everybody's Super Bowl is against you for the rest of the next season after you win the Super Bowl. So not that they don't have talent to win plenty of games and go back to the playoffs and potentially win another Super Bowl, but – they will need to get up and bring their best their best game week in and week out, nine times out of ten. And they'll have to do so without too many fans in the stands, even if they are allowing fans at Arrowhead. It's definitely not 60,000. So it'll be interesting to see how the Chiefs do. Now, the Ravens, on the other hand, the jilted, flamed out in the playoffs, juggernaut from last year, the Ravens look pretty darn dangerous. I think that we're, we're kind of being uh, built in the um – the vein of the Ravens. So, if you want to see what the Patriots are going to look at like as they start to gel more, uh, watch the Ravens because yep. it's clear that Bill has uh, has seen the light in terms of where the league is going. Yep, and he's now got the quarterback, and they're going to be watching a lot of Ravens games, looking for some ideas on how to utilize that. Absolutely. Um, let's do a Tom Brady minute. Have you watched the uh, games? What do you think? Yeah, so I, de- I definitely have watched. Honestly, I've probably seen as much of the Bucks thus far as I've seen of the Patriots, because um, obviously all his games are going to be on in New England for at least the next six weeks. Um, yeah, I think he's a one half quarterback uh, at this point. I think he can give you a good half, or he can give you a half's worth of good football over two halves. I don't think, and this is why it's so important to move on from him before it falls apart. If he gets behind, or if the, to your point, the reads aren't right, or the continuity's not right, or the lip, you know, the, the other quarterback can improvise and they snatch a third and 11 into a first down and keep the chains moving, he can't give it to you like he gave it to you three years ago. I said this to Roscoe P yesterday. I think he peaked um, for, the, for the final time at the end of the Eagles Super Bowl, and obviously his defense couldn't get him a stop. But, you know, he was a. A game manager glorified when they beat the Rams that year, and then last year he took a step back without Gronk, and I don't see it coming back the other way. Yeah, you know, it's, it's hard not to feel like, even though he looked pretty good yesterday. Yeah, I don't just, um, he still looks very good. He's just, he's not coming back in Super Bowl 52, Tom Brady. He just needs, he needs too many conditions to be um, just right. It kind of feels like to me like he's kind of run out of lucky bounces, you know, like. You talk about like a broken play or, you know, being able to slide, just having a supernatural ability to know when the rush is coming from behind him or to be able to take that little sidestep or step up and just create that extra that extra three quarters of a second. Um, He doesn't seem like he's doing that as well. Part of that is because for some reason, Bruce Arians is making him run the Bruce Arians show instead of doing what Elway said and saying, We'll do whatever you want. Can I ask a question? Um, if you're Tom Brady and his people, why would you ever agree to, yeah, we'll learn your offense, dude? Why would I you ever agree to that? I don't know 
know why, like, I just, you know, it's almost like, like the Tampa Bay fit seemed like a great fit because of the personnel in place. But I, we talk about watching the Bucks. I resent the fact that I have to watch the Bucks now. And um, it's going to take a long time for me to get over that. Um, that team, that franchise hasn't gotten a lot of my attention over the years. And Arians, I always had a decent opinion of him, but I can't say I really studied him. The way he's uh, behaved in these first few weeks is people say, this is how he always is. I say, okay, well, then I, I always didn't like him, I guess. <laughs> calling out his players and press conferences, um, calling out his players about specific things and then having to backtrack the next day. Uh, it's just maybe I'm too Belichick born and raised, but, like, I don't think it's appropriate. And I think I've always had a, a, a boner about coaching staffs and organizations that try to force square pegs into round holes and say, this is the way we do things here, get on board, instead of looking at the individuals and looking at their talents and finding ways to utilize their skills to be the most effective sure. instead of saying, like a Dan Tony, where it's like, well, he doesn't fit our system. Like, well, then change your system because these are your players, you know? Right. And so I think Tom's good enough and smart enough where they're going to win some games and they've got great tools and great pieces around them, but... But yeah, I mean, I, I'm just glad that, you know, and again, I know there'll be people who are not New England Patriots fans on this who are like, wow, the guy's been out the door for two games. They're already slamming their, their goat. But I'm not slamming the body of work. But I'm excited that I don't have to watch it end the way that it's going to end with him on the yes. team that I root for. Because I, and you, you and I, you and I talked about this from the Vincent's reference. And Roscoe and I talked about it yesterday. I've liked the Patriots for a lot longer than I've liked Tom Brady. And I will like the Patriots for a lot longer beyond Tom Brady's career. And so I'm just glad that he can do go out how he thinks he wants to. And I don't have to worry about pretending that the 2009 offense is going to be what works in 2020 NFL anymore. And that's great. It's a good thing. It's a great feeling as a fan to be able to divorce that, keep the memories, move on in the future. Instead of being at the David Bowie reunion tour... 30 years after his prime and saying, oh, this thing could be as good as it always was. If this happens, that happens, everything happens. It might all work itself out. And the agonizing feeling that you've got, it's all going to disintegrate on you. What we have instead is we're all dialed in for the Garth Brooks stadium tour. Coming back the beginning of the summer season. And we're all on the big tour bus. And I am driving the bus, man. Cam Newton. Let's go. The best part is, of all the sports jerks, who, and of, of, the, of the official sports jerks from New England at least, it's you, me, Patterson, Roscoe P. Everybody's thinks we're all fighting over who's driving the bus, let alone are we on the bus or not. It's fantastic. Let's go, man. I'm driving. I got the CDL. You guys can relax. That's fair. We're going to get there safe. We're going one stadium to another, and we're going to learn a lot about these guys over the next six months and it's nice to walk into a season in a way not feeling like a, it's a super bowl or a failure correct it's back to our expectations are lower we can appreciate losses again yeah it's you know honestly it's a lot like after the celtics broke up the paul pierce big three and and once brad stevens got there it's like these guys are fun and then Kyrie came Kyrie came and you're like this isn't fun anymore and now Kyrie's gone and yeah. it's like these guys are fun again and it's just fun like it's just fun i like it it's fun so anyway, I like I like it. So we'll see, we'll see, we'll see how many more weeks deserve a, a Patriots Monday from the sports jerks. But 
Stick around for a minute in the truck, Jeremy. Thanks for catching up. Patriots 1-1. One one. You'll never see two Patriots fans more excited about two games uh, being 1-1 one one than we are right now in the Cam Newton era, but I think it's with good cause. JJ, thanks for being on, buddy. Thank you.